I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo. I am not Juliet, but I am damn sure trying. <laughs> I did not all my today. homework today. Because <laughs> <laughs> today I have a plumbing issue in my bathroom. So if there are any stops and starts along the way in this podcast, you'll know it's because my plumber called and it's going to save me from the flooding that is encroaching upon my desk here. So um, hopefully that'll happen soon. Real life behind the scenes drama unfolding on Apologies Accepted, the podcast. <laughs> That's right. So how, how was your week, Theo? My week has been great. Um, we've had, we had a dinner party. And when I say that, it oh, was fun. like three people, right? Uh-huh. But that's okay, because uh, there is a pandemic that's still raging. Uh, so we had three yeah. people, and they were all British. I was the only American at the table, and... <laughs> Everybody was talking and whatever childhood came up, right? And I was surrounded by people who have never seen the Brady Bunch or Gilligan's Island. Wow. That it seems was weird. Like, it's totally weird. I refuse to believe I would think they would have that there for some reason. Them. It's just so popular here. Well, and not only that, I mean, I, sadly, when I found out they didn't know about the yeah. Brady Bunch, I mean, they'd heard of it. They knew like 1960s American family, right? Gilligan's Island was a total mystery. It's zero wow. idea. And it's like... You guys travel for work and you go to different countries and you sit in hotels. And I get now right. we've got like the internet. So whatever you pull up your your yeah. iPad, you pull up your iPad. But surely sometime 20 years ago when you had the same job and you were traveling and you were in a hotel, right. you turned on a TV set and Gilligan's yeah. Island plays 24-7 across the globe, right? Apparently, so I yeah. went into like residuals and how... The, these poor actors never saw any of that money, and that's the reason why these shows are broadcast so all around the world, because you don't have to pay a ton of money to air them. Nobody uh-huh. cared. It was the uh-huh. most boring story that I could have told, and I could not let the, I couldn't explain to them how weird it was for me to find myself in the middle of the Matrix in this alternate yeah. universe. And yeah. then they started talking about some children's shows that I had never seen or heard of that sounded oh. stupid as fuck. Um, and and singing the songs right Uh and then there's this one and this is internet rumor pardon me i'm so i'm so outraged that they've seen these american cultural iconic shows um but so this sort of ties into our topic today which is cancel culture but um and how the internet just takes things and runs with it so all three of these people Right, who grew up in the UK watching a children's cartoon called Captain Pugwash, right? That's weird. Told me that, oh, and the show was so naughty. There was a, uh, there's Seaman Staines, who was one of the characters. Yeah, S E A M A N. He's a man at sea. He's, or a seaman, midshipman, right? Right. Um, Seaman Staines. Um, There's Master Bates. I don't believe this. And uh, and what was, oh, and then Roger the Cabin Boy. And Roger is a naughty UK <laughs> word for it. <right? laughs> I don't believe this. But I was like, you guys, that's not true. That's an internet thing. And uh-huh. so they went to Google. And sure enough, um, yeah, there wasn't a Master Bates. There was a Master something. I forget yeah, what, yeah. right? Yeah. And there wasn't a Seaman Staines, right? And it's Tom no. the Cabin Boy. Right. So <laughs> sorry, everybody. You don't get to Roger the cabin boy. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of interesting how you know, they were all sure that those were the names. And then as the American there who has never seen that show, but has heard this this story of this naughty yeah. UK children's show. Um, yeah. Memory is weird. Um, yeah. And I know when everybody at that dinner hears this episode, they're going to be outraged. I never believed that. <laughs> did. That's funny. So yeah, so, so that I sounds say, like fun, a fun it dinner. Was totally fun, and so our friend uh, is staying here for the weekend, and it's great. It's like very normal life. 
Um, we're not going out and doing a bunch of stuff. We did go out for brunch at an outdoor cafe, but I think that was the riskiest thing we did. And so yeah. just waiting. Everybody I know knows somebody very close to them who is sick with COVID. Right? Oh my God, that's scary. It's it's frightening as fuck. And one of the uh, one of our guests works in a. She's got to go to work. Right? Yeah. There's no remote work for her. And right. she was saying that like all of her coworkers have been out with COVID. And I was like, oh My God, I'm, I'm glad you're here, but now yeah. I'm nervous. Right, right. And she masked and she's vaccinated. So you know, I mean, caution to the sure. wind. Well, I guess. That's Gosh. my long story of my short weekend. How about you? Well, well other I than your toilet. Other than my toilet leaking, um, there's not been much going on. Uh, I can't think of anything right now, <laughs> in fact. So, <laughs> just trying to survive this flood. It's nice um, to just have one concern in life. Oh, boy. I've got a presentation tomorrow that I'm worried about, too. So uh, so I've got two things on my mind right now, <laughs> plus everything else. So it really isn't just one thing. But all right. Um, so shall we, shall we talk about the podcast topic? Oh, I'm so glad you said that uh, because I want to start at the top of the show and and build this up and let everybody know that on episode 50, we're having an award show for this oh, season. Yes. Season one, we'll be ending our uh, season First at season. episode 50. Hard to believe we've done 50 episodes. It doesn't seem like a year. It doesn't seem like a year. And also like, that's a lot of fucking talking. That's a lot of talking. Hours yeah. and hours. It's a lot We're of listening. good at it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to us, whatever portion of the last year you've listened. We appreciate your patience. <laughs> yeah, it's so goofy. Like, there's followers. There Followers, it sounds so. There's subscribers better, yeah. right? There's yeah. a listening audience that comes back every week for more. Yeah. Like, you poor bastards. That's great. Um, we love you. We love uh, Beyond. Um, yeah. It's weird that this is, like, we just started this and we didn't really think about what we were doing. And now it's like, oh, there's this real thing that we do. Um, and now we're obligated to people. <laughs> That's to show funny. up I and, it that way. and do things. Oh, I Catholic guilt, right? Uh, Everything you do, you're wrong for having done. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and I'll, I'll plug this now. We're also going to be on a podcast called Metapod, where they're going to, uh, they interview uh, podcast creators yeah, and we're gonna answer their questions. That'll be so fun. Good luck to them. So we'll them. let you guys know what the date is as we get closer to it. I think it's sometime in October. It is October twentieth at seven p.m. London time. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, so however, that's like noon. when it will be, when it'll air, no idea. I see. Okay. It's not yeah. live. And then right? I to try and get us on that candle show. I can't wait for That'll that. That'll be one. fun. There's a show about candles called Three Week Minimum that we heard about on Metapod. Um, that we'd like to go on as well. So we'll uh, we'll ask for introductions to that when we are interviewing with Metapod. Yeah, uh, for sure. But hi, I've... hi everybody! If you're listening from Metapod and from Three Week Minimum, we love your podcasts. Very much so. Um, yeah. I've picked up six new podcasts from Metapod, and I'm like, I don't have time to wow. listen to all this stuff, but they're really, really interesting shows. Um, so yeah, I've. I have embarrassingly listened to four episodes of Two Week Minimum. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a candlehead, but I like her. She's fun. So, um, <laughs> there we go. Hey. Okay. So, speaking of podcasts, I guess we should start ours. All right. Um, so, we're talking about cancel culture this week. So, if you were wondering, the term cancel culture actually, uh, and I was surprised by this, it actually originates with a 1981 Chic album called Take It Off, which includes a song called Your Love is Cancelled that compares a breakup to the cancellation of TV shows. Um, then somebody from, uh, I guess the director of New Jack City included a reference to a woman being canceled in that film, which came out in 1991. And that usage of the term canceled introduced the term to African-American vernacular English, where it eventually became more common. So that's sort of the root of the term cancel culture. Uh, what cancel culture is, is basically another term for ostracism. The idea of cancel culture is a culture in which a usually famous person can be excluded from social or professional circles, whether online, on social media, or in person, by even a simple accusation, whether true or not, usually from the, quote, woke left, unquote. Um, in an article in the New Statesman, Sarah Manavis notes that backlash, or simply criticism, often gets called cancel culture. 
According to Vox, in similar ways, the ideas of wokeness and canceling are in fact related to collectivized demands for more accountability from social systems that have long failed marginalized people and communities. And LeVar Burton recently suggested that the, it, the, the phenomenon should be known instead as consequence culture. Most of the people who use the term cancel culture are right wing, in fact, and are referring to the idea in a negative way. Uh, interestingly, these people are also often the biggest defenders of free speech and open debate. I find that a contradiction. I don't know if you do or not, Theo. Oh, I'm going to say um, that the fact that there's cognitive dissonance on in the right is not yeah. a surprise to me at all. Of course, they're well, going to beat the drum for free speech and then at the same time demand that you listen to their viewpoints, whether or not you want to. Yeah. Um, Right. And if you don't or disagree or feel like what they've said is worthy of consequence, suddenly you're canceling them. You just shut up about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Texas, total aside, uh, yesterday, Governor Abbott, who, uh, no surprise, has presidential aspirations. That's why he's pushing this the abortion ban, the promotion of guns. This guy is getting ready to take on the big house. In a few years. Um, the big house, I hope. The big house meaning jail. Oh, no, I meant the White House. It's the big <laughs> house, but I wish, right? Yeah. Um, but so he just signed a law in Texas that says yeah. that any social media platform with more than 50 million subscribers uh-huh. cannot uh, ban somebody for political speech. Oh, that's such bullshit. Um, I'm like, it's impossible to, to, how do you enforce, enforce. that? First how, of all, they're private companies. I have no, well, they know what political speech is because well, they it's do, but whatever how, how they, do you yeah. legally defend political speech? I mean, or, well, or once it gets whatever. in front of Amy Comey Barrett and, uh, and, Ugh. and what do they call him? Keg boy, uh, Kavanaugh. Um, yeah. yeah, there'll be no problem. It'll be, yeah, this is bad. So I'm sorry. I hate that voice. I, it just comes out when I get really irritated. Um, <laughs> So anyway, the point for all of that is, is yes, the right uses this term cancel culture to reinforce their viewpoints as being worthy and necessary of of existence, right? Right. And I think really what we're seeing here is kind of a knee-jerk reaction to, oh, the power system is shifting a little bit. And that's making us nervous, and that's bad. Yeah, exactly. So Let's panic canceling and make things all these laws. is bad, right? Yeah. And we'll get into examples of of cancel culture, um, and and the stories around people that were canceled and and kind of what happened to them. Um, but yes, and so uh, is cancel culture bad? Sure. When we think of cancel culture as mob justice, right. uh, there's a YouTuber named Natalie Wynn, and I am today obsessed with her. I have never heard <laughs> of her at all. Uh, she yeah. came up in my research, and I was like, this morning, about 45 minutes ago, when I was completing my homework for today's episode, Yeah, uh, I sat down and started watching some of her, and... Oh my God, her take, she does one on, so everybody right now, Natalie Wynn, W-Y-N-N, and cancel culture. And when I say obsessed, I mean, there's probably, that's not even a word that describes how infatuated, entranced I am with uh, Natalie Wynn and her, just her masterful take on cancellation culture. So she really uh, broke some things down for me and credit where credit is due. Natalie Wynn um, explained that cancel culture is a bit like the guillotine. It's a form of justice for the socially disadvantaged, air quotes around the people, and also a form of grisly entertainment. And that's the aspect of cancel culture that most troubles me. It's the glee that I see others exhibiting when somebody is being publicly shamed. So in this, uh, let's call it roadmap to cancel culture, it starts with a presumption of guilt. Somebody says something and you sort of get this idea based on what other people have said that that person said something wrong, right? 
that presumption of guilt moves into an abstraction where the statement that the person said sort of gets distilled down to its essence. And I have an example that'll make all this clear. And then the final um, part of this roadmap is essentialism, where we go from criticizing the person's actions to criticizing the person themselves. And so here, I think, is a really sweet, easy uh, roadmap to understand. So again, this is still from Natalie Wynn. Two years ago, James made a joke that referenced his fear of getting Ebola in Africa. And the abstraction of that is James made a racist joke. And the essentialism of that is that James is a racist. And that is what happens within cancel, what they term cancel culture. I will say, I think cancel culture really uh, is an umbrella term that is getting used to use things like "Mm, somebody was fired. Were they canceled or were they fired? Right. Um, Yeah. And so this idea of uh, cancel culture and the term coming from the black community, um, it, this, I thought this one part was, uh, this one point was really kind of cool. Um, so initially cancel culture started off this term canceled, started off with interpersonal relationships one-on-one. So one example of uh, the use of the term cancel in the history of where did cancel culture come from? This term in 2014 in Love and Hip Hop New York, which was a VH1 reality show, a man and woman are fighting at a table and the man gets up and says, you're canceled, right? So it's something that happens um, individually from person to person. And it's not so much that it's transactional as, as it is, I don't like what you've said or done and therefore I am not going to engage with you further. Um, then it picks up and it grows into something broader. Um, And that's sort of where we find ourselves today, hearing the term cancel culture and people being afraid of being canceled. Um, And of course, then the worst example of cancel culture was the Trump administration adopting this term and starting to use it politically. And I think it was one of Trump's lawyers, but don't hold me, one of his thousands, army of lawyers who said something like, uh, this is constitutional cancel culture. Yeah. Well, and I wish I could remember what it was, what it was in reference to, but it was something foul that the Trump administration was trying to get legalized. And people were like, I don't think you should be allowed to own people anymore. We had a war over that. Shut up. You're trying to cancel us. Um, Yeah. And so I will step off of my soapbox, except to leave it with this since we're, uh, since we touched upon how the term cancel culture comes from black culture. In my research, I tripped over a quote from James Baldwin, uh, which in 1979, Baldwin said, quote, I don't know how white people would sound if there had never been any black people in the United States, but they would not sound the way they sound. And in that, he was referring to things like the mainstream use of words like fly, mm-hmm. funky, later, you know, we we get lit and bay and on fleek, which I have never said any of those words ever. I know what they mean. I think they're <laughs> fun words. I love when yeah, people play with yeah. language. Great. But uh, right. um, it's not so much like, oh, those words right. aren't for me because I would be appropriating black culture. It's just more like, I don't have a need to use them. I'm too old. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't really sound exactly natural coming out of my mouth. So I want you to I say on fleek all week, right? Instead of cool or great, just be like, I think adopt it. And see what people do. <laughs> this meeting is on fleek. Um, yeah, so um, there we are. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not so much there's that, but. Um, so you were talking about how the word canceled was originally used from one person to another, sort of one-on-one, um, but now it's, it's more um, a multitude of people canceling one person. So, um, so the right wing, or maybe not the right wing, but people with um, good intentions, perhaps, um, might see cancellation as overreacting or unnecessarily lashing out at others without considering context or intentions, preventing the targets from expressing themselves. But complaints of the right about cancel culture 
seem to be complaints about any criticism of them at all. Right. And this this criticism of cancel culture, right, does uh, it does two things. One, it reaffirms that the opinion that I am stating is true and factual and people don't like it and, th- and they're jealous, right? But it also minimizes the, the, I don't want to say reaction because that's the wrong word, but it minimizes what people are saying and how they feel. And so in a way, it's getting twisted and doing harm to the left community, right? Um by being overhyped and weaponized by the mainstream. Now you can't voice an opinion that counters, I don't know, I don't want to say mainstream, but I'll say mainstream opinion uh, without then being accused of being cancel culture or being a part of cancel culture. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, and I think Republicans have, have sort of warped the idea of canceling much like they did with political correctness. Um, and at the same time, they themselves have actually advanced legislation, for example, that would be called canceling. Like they th- were threatening to publish, to publish, to punish um, Major League Baseball for opposing a Georgia voting restrictions law by removing the um, Major League Baseball's federal antitrust exemption. And Fox News also fired a writer who had a history of making racist, homophobic, and sexist comments online. And the 2021 Conservative Political Action Committee meeting, which was called America Uncanceled, actually removed a speaker who had expressed anti-Semitic viewpoints. So even though Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, quote, corporations will invite serious consequences if they become a vehicle for far-left mobs, unquote, you can tell that they're not always speaking the truth about their own opinions. Not at all, right? And I have no issue with them canceling a Nazi, right? I mean, they're supposed to be canceled, everybody. They're bad, right? Yes, Um, But it is ironic that they throw this term cancel culture around like it's a fucking brick, but it's only to be used for the left. Um, What they did by canceling somebody who was speaking uh, were his free speech rights, right? I'm obviously yeah. not supporting the Nazis as much as I am supporting free speech. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, ridiculous. Uh, and speaking of Fox News, so the dictionary definition of cancel culture is the removal of support for public figures due to their objectionable behavior or opinion. Fox News has a definition of cancel culture, and it is... When individuals or groups are removed from platforms or lose their livelihoods because their opinions are deemed offensive. That's a mm. big difference here, yeah. right? Yeah. It's because their opinions so by that and they lose their livelihoods? Yeah, by that definition, not many people have really been canceled. So because cancellation is often not even effective. And a lot of people who have been claiming to have been canceled usually remain in power or in their position and continue their careers without much change. So I actually have some examples of people who have been allegedly canceled. Um, one is J.K. Rowling. And she still has a contract with Hachette, is still making money off her books, and still has con- a contract with Warner Brothers. So she is not even phased by um, people being angry about her position about well, trans people. All oh, right. you have something so different? I, I have something that's personal, oh, which okay. I was saving for later when I brought up, hey, J.K. Rowling, what's up, right? So yeah. um, I have a bunch of books, and... We're going to be moving to California one day, and I don't want to schlep a lot of crap, right? So I was like, maybe I can get rid of all of my teen vampire books, right? right? Not the Anne Rice ones. I have to keep all those forever. Sure. But, you know, all the ones where vampires sleep with fairies and then werewolves, like those can go. I'm not going to reread those. Um, and then I was like, oh, shit, look at all the Harry Potter books. Mm. Oh, God. Like, I really, I loved Harry Potter. Love it, love it. Not the movies, I love the books, right? Yeah. I feel like they perfectly touch upon my childhood, and I wish those books had been available to me when I was a kid, because I would have eaten them up. They were marvelous, and I think they are marvelous. She is so problematic for me that I have decided Uh I have to give them away. I Uh, see. So, yeah, donate them to a thrift store, great. Somebody will use them and, and love them, but I feel bad because not so much that I've canceled J.K. Rowling, yeah. but 
Um, I'm finding I'm I'm finding the J.K. Rowling transgender stuff just to be a little unsettling for me. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let those books go and not reread them. Oh, uh, well, which is sad. I mean, I I've understand. read them like five times. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I've had to like, not get rid of books that I don't like, but there are a lot of there are a lot of authors that I have enjoyed that I have had to cancel personally <laughs> myself. Ooh, name a one. So, well, like, um, what's his name? Um, um, oh God, the science fiction writer, the famous one. Oh, uh, Heinlein. Yeah. No, oh, was it he's Heinlein totally or was canceled. it uh, Orson Scott Card? Oh, he's totally canceled too. Oh, and I really okay. enjoyed his first book. But um, I think that was his first book. But yeah, but it's really unfortunate that he's such an idiot and I can't spend any more money on him and I probably won't spend any more time on him either. So yeah, um, that's, how it, that's how it goes with cancellation. But he's still making money, I'm sure. I mean, he's still writing books. So I don't think oh, totally. that his cancellation, so to, so to speak, has really had a, whole, a huge effect on him. Um, some other people who are similarly unaffected are Aziz Ansari, Louis C.K., and Ellen DeGeneres. So um, people who are canceled actually often use that fact to reinvigorate their career. So the British actor Lawrence Fox, Dave Chappelle, and Aziz Ansari all saw their careers actually improve after their cancellation. And, of course, Louis C.K.'s career doesn't seem to have suffered either. Yeah, and the I always mispronounce his name, Aziz Ansari. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one's a very interesting situation uh, because while he was canceled, I mean, in his own series, he he has a cameo, right? They uh-huh. shifted the whole f- focus of the show onto this lesbian couple, and that's now what yeah. the series is going to be about. Uh, whereas before, it was about him in his life, and now it's really going to be like no, every season's going to focus him. on a on a specific person in this friendship group. Right. Yeah. Um, so cool, whatever. But yeah, so on that one, I'd say like, yeah, this is probably a little bit of a cancel. But then you're right. I mean, was he financially ruined? And I mean, or- I think he's still touring and I think he's still making money from oh, the he's show. Fine. Yeah. He, so he's, he's totally fine. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another good example is Virginia Governor Ralph Ralph Northam. Um, and he's, if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, it was in the news that he wore blackface at a party when he was a med student in the 1980s. And people said that he should resign, but he did not resign. He apologized. And since then, according to the New York Times, has he has become the most racially progressive governor in the state's history. He's passed police reforms, abolished the death penalty, and has raised funds for the state's black colleges. Which is something, right? So, like, okay, and that's not to say, and you know, where am I going to go with this? I know exactly where I'm going to go. And and that is that cancel culture, the term cancel culture, right, sets up this fake reality that somebody is canceled. They're stopped from ever doing anything, from progressing forward in life, right? They are essentially just dead and on person. And that's really kind of not what happens. What happens is people are given an opportunity to learn and it's a, hey, you're not as good or as smart or as kind as I thought you were. And yes. I have problems with that. And now you get to hear about it from me, but also 25,000 other people, thanks to right. Twitter. Right. And, huh. And that gives the person an opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? That's really not me, but I get that that's how it can be perceived in this one photograph of my entire life. So let me do some things that right. that will counter that. And I mean, on one hand, you know, you could say like, oh, that's insincere. That's a PR move, et cetera. But then, you know, here's where I'm going to pull out a giant rainbow and say, any act of good is good, even if it starts with a fake intent. Well, and I, I think what you're touching on is the fact that one factor in coming back or avoiding long-term consequences from a more minor cancellation-type incidents seems to be a good apology. And Northam's apology hit all the important points. So he said, I'm sorry, he appeared sincere, he acknowledged harm, and he promised to do better. So I think that um, that's important for our show because we're about apologies. 
Um, and, and rating the, other people. And rating other people's apologies. <laughs> well, yeah, rating their apologies, not rating other people. But yeah, rate, rating their apologies. <laughs> so yeah, I think the apologies are, are really important to um, overcoming whatever effects of cancellation there may be. Um, and uh, comedian Nikki Glaser explained to Bill Maher earlier this year why she wasn't worried about being canceled. Um, Bill Maher said, please don't apologize because there's too much apologizing in America. And Nikki Glaser said, I love apologizing. It feels so good when you mean it. I don't mean empty apologies. I mean, when someone is really like, I didn't even consider that someone could feel that way, like having empathy, like that sucks that I made you feel that way. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that is it's beyond great. I mean, that's really what it is, right? And and you could build an argument for, um, like, what am I? So everybody gets canceled at some point for some action that they've done, and the way to uncancel yourself, somebody, is to apologize to them. Right? Exactly. And that happens countless times a day across yeah. the globe, and. It, it gets to be all okay. So, right. Um, there was this one statement that I tripped over, which rang a bell with me. And that is, uh, the left finds things offensive and the right finds things dangerous. And within cancel culture, I think that that statement, or within the concept of cancel culture, when you look at it, right, uh, seems to be really clear. So on the left, people want to, J.K. Rowling. Your yeah. opinions are offensive uh, to to me, right? And but then on the right, well, it's dangerous. J.K. Rowling can't say what she thinks and feels. Right. What happens when you start coming for me? Right. And all I'm going to say is, everybody, you don't have to be worried about getting canceled. It doesn't happen to the average person, and also you probably haven't done anything that bad. Yeah, and it doesn't even really happen to anyone. I mean, the only people that I can think of that you could say have lost their livelihoods to cancellation are people like Bill Cosby and R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein and um, maybe Milo Yiannopoulos. But those people have largely done things that are illegal and not just offensive. Right, exactly. I I don't think that applies or the term cancel culture doesn't apply. When court is involved and jail right. time is involved, it's right. not cancel culture. It's exactly. just not, right? Um, yeah, it's called fuck around and find out. <laughs> That's what that is called. <laughs> I think, I don't think cancel culture is really a thing. I don't think there is a culture of cancellation. And I also think that the right to free speech is not the right to just say whatever you want without criticism. And we have to be accountable for our actions. Um, I think facing consequences for your actions is not is not cancellation. It's nothing new. No, certainly not. It's not. I it's had to go through to that in the first lash. grade. <laughs> what did you say in the first grade? Yeah. Well, what did I say? What did I not say? I went to a Catholic <laughs> school. Everything out of my mouth was, you oh know, my gosh. problematic. Um, That's funny. But I did have issues with uh, the word naked. And oh, really? I found it very funny. Because it was, <laughs> it was dirty. And in the Bible, it's like Adam and Eve were naked. And I would, and for some reason, we read the Garden of Eden like 7,000 times in the first grade. Or the teacher read it to us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got in huge trouble once for, uh, just for continuing to laugh at that. You just busted out that laughing. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. And that nun really shamed me. And that's why I'm gay. <laughs> Fuck you, nun. It's her fault. Let's I'll give you something her. to bitch about. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, so it just comes to, hmm. I'm stepping all over you. <laughs> was no, the, no. Was, Go ahead. I, I want to say this thing, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if you're done. Say it. I'm um, done. So I'm, I'm curious about like where cancel culture goes right. And I don't mean right wing. I mean, when it gets it right. Um, so my, my new heroine, Natalie Wynn, uh, mentioned that cancel culture allows people to assemble in numbers online and talk through the new norms for society, uh, what's acceptable and what isn't. And that, that allows for people 
to make decisions rather than people in power or culture influencers, right? Right. To sort of unilaterally, uh, it's not so much make a decision, but allow something to exist that's problematic, right? Yeah. If there wasn't Twitter, uh, J.K. Rowling would still be selling Harry Potter books left, right, and center. Um, Yes. I won't be buying any more from her unless one day, in the minute I give those books away, she's going to issue the most exciting apology and it's going (laughs) to melt my heart. I have a feeling that she won't. Mm-mm, yeah, probably not. But I also, I only know a little bit about the J.K. Rowling transgender thing, enough to say like, yeah, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh-huh. I understand nuance. I'm, I'm not going to dive into it. I just could buy my Harry Potter books. Um, all right. So I have a couple of examples of where I think cancel culture got it right. Okay. And is this cancel culture? Okay. Because right? again, that term just gets everything is cancel culture now, right? So- how about pancakes and Aunt Jemima, right? Now the right. Pearl Milling Company and Aunt Jemima, I don't know if we've mentioned this on this podcast or not. I don't think so. Uh, comes from the old uh, minstrel shows. There was a nanny, right? Or what? Oh, my God. I'm totally blanking. I can see the caricature in my head and I can't, uh, is it a mammy? It's a mammy. Oh, right? oh, oh. The mammy character, right? Yeah. So there's a mammy and uh, the joke was, I ain't your mama became oh my God. Aunt really? Jemima. Yeah. Really? That's where the wow. name comes from. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And when I heard it, I was like, holy fuck balls. That totally makes sense. And yeah. also now I even understand why people are so angry? It's not because it's a black woman, right? right. Who went from a bandana yeah. uh, wrapped around her head, very much the slave plantation, uh, typical mammy caricature, right? To a beautifully coiffed, wearing pearl earrings, because there's the pearl milling company saying, "Hi, we're here," right? <laughs> and now it's a, now it's a mill, right? Uh, it's a flower grounding house for those Gen Z people who don't know what a mill is. Uh, and, right. Right. Cause you know, of course they don't know what a mill is. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see. Okay. So aunt mama, um, I'm liking the Dr. Seuss estate deciding to discontinue right, the publication some of, books. of some of those books because they were very uh, racist in their, in their portrayal of people of color. Right. Uh, and then, eh, I mean, this one, I heard about Mr. Potato Head, and I was like, I don't get it. Mr. Potato I, Head I, is no longer P- Mr. Potato Head. There not. is a Mr. Potato Head and a Mrs. Potato Head, but they are Potato Heads. What's the difference? Well, the difference is they're taking out the the gender, the Mr. or the oh. Mrs. So you oh. get uh, the brand now is Potato Head instead of Mr. Potato Head. And oh. you can get a Mr. Potato Head or a Mrs. Potato Head. So the Mr. That and Mrs. are still sense. there. I don't get it. Okay. I know. I'll have to look either. that up. I, I saw a reference to Mr. Potato Head, but I did not go look into it. I should have. Well, it's just, it's one of those things of like, oh my God, you're trying to, to um, I was going to say neutralize gender, but I guess that's kind of the fear. Like you're trying to neutralize gender. And it's like, mm, it's probably called equality on some level if you really <laughs> yeah. reason that out. That's not neutralizing anything. It's shifting the power balance. Right. Which is I'm very on scary. Fire to intellectually some this morning. You are. Well, it'd be scary to me if I felt like my power was being threatened. Um, well, but or, or I don't something really have that any. your your values really um, treasured was being threatened. And I think that's what happens with the rights. They, they think it's very important to have the male role and the female role and everybody obey the way things are supposed to be with the nuclear family and all that bullshit. And maybe the Mr. Potato Head thing threatens that. So they come I mean, out against it, it. On some core level, right. And so all these things, it's like, it's about, it's not so much about protecting children, but it's about protecting children. They're most upset with these things that are for young kids, for little yeah. kids. Right. Because they see it as the culture of the left trying to indoctrinate Indoctrinate, their children. Right. So by having genderless toys for potatoes. Right. And that's uh, uh, dangerous. You're introducing the concept that like 
there's no such thing as a boy or a girl, <sighs> despite what you, your parents have told you. And we'll prove it with these potatoes. <laughs> and I'm sorry to make light of their fears, but it's like, you can buy the toy and you can call it whatever the fuck you want. Or don't buy the toy. I mean, who cares? Or don't buy the toy. Right. And with the Dr. Seuss books, I heard one commentator, uh, I didn't listen for very long because it was just stupid, right? But he was like, I love Cat in the Hat. Well, motherfucker, Cat in the Hat isn't one of the books on the chopping That's block. Right. It's something it's like when I walk down it. Mulberry Avenue and that yeah. one you've never fucking read. Right, right. Yeah, it was like three or four books that were definitely the least popular of the books that Dr. Seuss wrote. So I don't know what the hubbub was about unless they thought that somebody was going to cancel the Berenstain Bears or something next. But who knows? That could happen. Well, in Theodore Seuss, Seuss? Dr. Seuss himself. Yeah. Um, I think he was a bit of a racist and he liked eugenics. And so oh. maybe on some level in the future, all of Dr. Seuss books are going to, he'll be deemed too problematic. But maybe. maybe not. I I don't know, right? Do those themes carry through in Cat in the Hat? Um, I, I haven't a clue. Doesn't seem like it, but I don't know. Anyway, I still don't think cancel culture is really a thing. I think it's just um, people criticizing other people for opinions that they may express, which has always happened. Um, the only thing that's different now is what the opinions are that are being expressed, in my opinion. I think your opinion needs to be canceled right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. This idea, this term cancel culture, I, we're going to move away from it real quick. This is going to disappear. It's too stupid. It's too broad, yeah. right? Yeah. It's getting applied left, right, and center to things where it's not. Um, when you were doing your research, did you hit any references to Justine Sacco? Sacco? No, I did not. Yeah, so you'll remember Justine Sacco as the uh, young PR executive. She was like a senior director at a large uh, PR company in Manhattan, and she was going on vacation to South Africa to visit her family, uh -huh. who lives in South Africa. Okay. So she's white South African. Now, I don't know if she's American or or what, right? But she lives in Manhattan. She was going to visit her, her family. Okay. And she got onto a flight. And she tweeted, headed to South Africa for vacation. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white, exclamation point. Right. And that tweet, she had 170 followers on Twitter. Wow. That's it. She was on a plane for 11 and a half hours. <laughs> and when she landed in South Africa, she was the number one trending topic worldwide on Twitter. Wow. And she got off the plane as plain old Justine Sacco, who's kind of pretty and sort of nice and fun. And I have a great life in Manhattan to the number one villainous in all of the world. Right? Wow. And unfortunately for her, that tweet was picked up by a journalist. Right. And he published it on his website and he has 15,000 followers and that's how it exploded across the internet. Right. Just went from now, there. What she said was a bad joke, right? She's very left. She's very hip. She's very everything. She's very sophisticated, urban, wholehearted, blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and her joke, inappropriate, kind of not funny. Yeah. She also bad. tweeted a couple of other tweets, um, Prior to that one, where one of them was, hey, I'm sitting in first class and I can smell the German guy next to me. Guy, it's like the 21st century. Get some deodorant. Right. Huh. And all right, snarky, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, one other one that I don't remember, but it also was kind of acerbic. Right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so her sense of humor runs a bit like mine, you okay. know, uh, so I don't, I don't want to say taken out of context, but you could take any one thing I say and it's offensive, right? Well, not not the same in the same way what she said about getting AIDS is. No, exactly. But yeah, but also at the same time, it's like, Justine, I feel you because I have that same sense of humor and it gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, and so, of course, she apologized very quickly, but she was fired. And this term um, canceled was uh, levied at her and her situation. 
Um, and she had a really hard time, one, dealing with it because she just didn't mean for it to be what it was, right? Yeah. And it wasn't so much like, oh, everyone's mad at me because they think, I think white people can't get AIDS. No, everybody's mad at you because it was a privilege flex. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's just not a good look. And everyone's going to be jumping up and down on you now. Well, she's back at that PR company five oh, years wow. later. Really? Yes. At, and good for her, right? I guess. Because she, I don't want to say she learned her lesson, but she she learned her lesson. And what am I saying? I'm saying I think everybody that experiences public shame should have an opportunity to be forgiven and work through it. Yep. Some people don't want to, like Harvey Weinstein, you know, yep. all those women are liars. Right. And then some people really do, like uh, the example that you mentioned of the governor whose name I forget, but uh, the guy that did blackface and then went on to Northam. Um, produce a lot of good in the world. Yeah. So what we're saying is cancel culture is great. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> no, we're saying Twitter is bad again. It Twitter's rewards bad. emotions. You get I like hits. Twitter. I love Twitter. I uh I love it and I hate it. I like TikTok better, but I like Twitter. I like TikTok better. TikTok but... is more fun now. Twitter used to be fun. Now it's just stuff. Yeah, well, I tried to um I am trying to change my Twitter feed. And I am yeah. liking a lot more things about archaeology and cool. many less things about politics. And I yeah, unfollowed a couple of my political, yeah. uh, I don't know, content creators. There's yeah. there some words. Um, it's just too much. Well, it's it's just everything's not on fire yet, everybody. Yeah, you know, it's We can there, all but... calm the fuck down. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like things are in a pretty bad state. Well, I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Yes. But cancel culture isn't something that we need to be cancel screaming. Cancel culture and is not something, yes. Maybe that's not the end of the world. our culture's way of not dealing with the big, oh, this is going to be real depressing, not dealing with the big issues like climate change, oh, right? Yeah. And the fear that like we're we've changed the planet. There's no way to reverse it. And 50 years from now, who the hell knows, right? Right. Some of our uh, guests at dinner on Friday were talking about moving to Florida. And I was like, Why? take a scuba tank. Yeah. That state's going to be Not underwater Florida. in 10 years. Yeah. Sorry, Florida. Wow. that would, That's a risky move. Oh, well, I think so, if for no other reason than hurricanes. And, you know... Coming from California, where I'll say my entire life, but I mean, like, from the age of 19 to 40, everybody was like, oh, my God, earthquakes, 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 er fuck an earthquake. I mean, they're bad. I, of course, there was Northridge and what happened in San Francisco, but yeah, come on. Hurricanes are well, way scarier. I think hurricanes are scarier, too, because they happen more than once a year and, and much more often than earthquakes do. And they are just as damaging, I think. So... I'd rather live in an earthquake place. I'll say that now, but there'll be a big 9.0 earthquake tomorrow and destroy my home, and I'll be sorry. Well, that'll be God getting revenge on you. See, Julia, I am all-powerful. <laughs> Yikes. Well, that's all I have to say about um, cancel culture. That's all I have to say about cancel culture. All right. So um, there's no apology to judge, really. Um, we talked about apologies in general being the way out of getting in trouble. Um, which has always been the case, so there's no surprises there. Uh, but do you have a who's sorry now? I really tried to think of a who's sorry now for like, oh, did I ever unfairly um, blah blah somebody, right? right? And I couldn't think of couldn't think of anybody. So yeah. what I will say is it'll be a general okay. apology, right? For I may have jumped on a bandwagon on Twitter uh -huh. and retweeted and liked a tweet about somebody who did something bad. Yeah. And I'd have to go through my Twitter history to see like exactly who or what or when or where. Right. Oh, really? And, and may have helped amplify uh, some unfair treatment. Um, 
for instance, I don't know enough about the J.K. Rowling uh, transphobic comments yeah. to really judge. Like, do I fully agree with her viewpoint? Let me dive into the nuance here. Because I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, all I need is a transgender person to tell me it's offensive. And right. then it's offensive. I may not uh-huh. fully understand, but I don't have that experience. So, so what am I doing? I am fishing for an apology. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to apologize for any participation on my part uh, that helped damage somebody who maybe I should have then said done something a little more like, how can I bring that person to learning as opposed to how can I say, yeah, you're a fuck. I hate you. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I don't know. And I can't think of anybody specifically, but I'm sure I've done it. Sure. So if, I will um, apologize for that. If the purpose of canceling is to change someone's behavior for the better, is it really that bad if you participated in it? Once again, you've turned me into America's hero. <laughs> I'm down on myself and you showed me how righteous. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Did you live in my head all day? I need it. Um, okay. How about you? What you got? I don't really have one. I mean, the only thing that I can think of to say is that I think Roto-Rooter should apologize to me for, um, I called them when my bathroom was flooding, I mean, literally flooding into my office and asked them to come out here. And they said, it'll be $350 to walk through your door. And also we can't come until Tuesday. So I think they owe me an apology. Roto-Rooter, you're canceled. Boo. Until Tuesday. (laughs) I found someone else to come out and help me. Thank God. That's right. So I don't need them on Tuesday. Thank goodness. Um, Yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Thank you, everybody. We'll um, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Same bat time, same bat channel. I did it. I said it. You said it. And thank you. And goodbye. And you're not canceled. (laughs) Bye. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>